wazidna ilma. My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we are continuing with Surah Ali Imran. And yesterday, uh, last night, uh, we uh, continued with the, the topic of the after the passing away of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam or the rumor spreading about the passing away of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam how the Sahaba radiallahu anhum acted and how they reacted and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that every single person his time in this dunya is uh, destined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah ta'ala speaks about those who desire the worldly benefit versus those who desire the akhirah moving forward we come to ayah 159 in surah al-imran there is a beautiful lesson in here in fact i would say there are beautiful lessons multiple lessons in these ayat i would like to share ayah 159 of surah al-imran allah ta'ala says وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا غَلِيظًا قَلْبِي لَنْ فَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ فَاعْفُ عَنْهُمْ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ لَهُمْ وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ فَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَوَكِّلِينَ صدق الله العظيم The translation and then we'll go back and go over the detailed meanings. Allah Ta'ala says فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ So it is through the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that you are gentle for them for your companions وَلَوْ كُنْتَ فَضًّا and had you been rough غَلِيظًا قَلْبِي and you, had you been hard-hearted لَنْ فَضُّوا مِنْ حَوْلِكَ then they would have abandoned you and they would have dispersed from you from around you they would have given up on you فَعَفُوا عَنْهُمْ so you should pardon them وَاسْتَغْفِرُ لَهُمْ and then you should uh, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them as well. You should seek forgiveness for them. وَشَاوِرْهُمْ فِي الْأَمْرِ And you should consult with them in, in deciding matters. فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ And then once you have taken a decision, فَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then place your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُتَوَكِّلِينَ Surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who place their trust in Him. So, this was in the context of the battle of Uhud. And as we have been covering the last few nights, there was a mistake made by certain Muslims, certain Sahaba. And the fact that they abandoned their post um, Caused the, the victory to turn into defeat. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam personally was affected by this mistake to the extent that he was bleeding, he was injured, and he was hurt very much. <coughs> Yet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, despite having all authority to chastise them and to get upset at them, that why did you not listen to my command? Why did you ignore my orders? Because of his high morals and his natural way of forgiving and forgetting, 
he did not deal with them sternly and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also was kind to them in the Quran and consoled them as we covered before despite this the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in they even though they made a mistake but at the end of the day they loved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam far more than their own lives and their own belongings and their family members they had a genuine love of Rasulullah sallallahu as they were true believers and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said la yu'minu ahadukum hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi min walidihi wa waladihi wa nasi ajma'in none of you can be a true believer until he loves me more than his parents children and all of mankind so they loved Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam more than anyone and they had such a sense of of guilt that what have they done and how much pain they have caused so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to console them and instructs Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to even further deal gently with them to forgive them and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them himself to pardon them and to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them so now there is so much balagha and eloquence in the Quranic style we can gain some appreciation for that in this ayah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instead of commanding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that you need to be soft with them don't be harsh with them don't be hard hearted with them he could have commanded him like that instead Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses uh, the style of language to praise Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and to say that these qualities are already within you these attributes are already built within you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says linta lahum you already are soft for them walaw kunta fadlan if you were harsh tongued or hard hearted then they would have run away from you so they are not running away from you they are ready to give their lives for you that means you are not hard hearted you are not harsh you are already soft for them subhanallah so this is uh, the beauty of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Rasulullah sallallahu praising Rasulullah sallallahu that you already have these qualities an example is uh, one uh, brother he shared this example with me about using positive language from a corporate perspective that they had uh, a coach who came to their company and was teaching them how to use positive language and not to use negative words um so during the course of the workshop the presenter he posed a scenario he said imagine a scene where there is a cashier and is trying to ring out a, a customer's uh, purchases but what happens is that there is some um problem with processing a credit card or debit card and the system is not recognizing it and it keeps on declining and um maybe the computer goes down so they have to change it so there is some delay and other customers are in line 
So what is the most appropriate way that this cashier should handle the situation and what should he or she say to the rest of the customers who are waiting in line to defuse the situation? So some of the attendees, they said, you should say sorry. Then the coach said, no, sorry is a negative word. Then some of them said, we uh, apologize for the delay. He said, delay is a bad word. Don't use the word delay. So then everyone was like, what do you want us to say? How do we, how do we approach it? Well, I mean, any word, any the nicest word we are um, suggesting, you are rejecting it and saying, don't say sorry. Don't say we apologize for the delay. Delay, the, all these things are bad things. So the coach said, this is what you should say. Thank you. You start off by saying thank you. Oh my God, you might be wanting to thank you for one. I mean, they're waiting and they're going to potentially get upset because of the problem. But you start off by saying thank you because thank you is a very positive word. Thank you. We appreciate your patience. We, appreci we appreciate your patience uh, uh, until we get the matter sorted, until we solve the problem. So g when you ask the person, be patient, they could uh, say, uh, no, I don't want to be patient. Why should I be patient? You know, you should have better service. You should have better uh, solutions to the problems. You, you you need to be on top of your game. Why why are you making me, why are you delaying me? So you don't ask the person to be patient. Uh, in that case, when you ask the person to be patient, you're giving them a command and order and then they have the chance to deny it and to say, I don't want to be patient. Rather, you say, thank you, we appreciate your patience. Meaning, we are already assuming that you are patient and you already have this beautiful attribute within you. We are just thanking you for that. So it really becomes hard for the person to say, no, 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 don't thank me. I don't deserve thanks because I'm not going to be patient. That's going to be a really hard thing for someone to respond. They're going to be uh, forced to be patient because you're already thanking them for it. SubhanAllah. You see, are the people of the dunya. And why are they doing this? Uh, why are they being so polite? Because at the end of the day, it's all about customer service so that you can ensure that the customers come and you don't really have the genuine concern for those customers you don't care about them it is because you want them to continue to come back from you to you and purchase from you and give you more business so you can make profits and bottom line is to more money more money for yourself and that is why you're being nice to be nicer than your competitors so that people will compare you to others and say that you have the better service so for the purposes of the dunya people have put so much thought into uh, being positive subhanallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is way above and beyond any of these human beings and these people in the industry and corporate world uh, who are these uh, coaches and business coach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is way above and beyond that so with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always very very positive um and Allah Ta'ala says here, look, mashallah, you have you're already soft for them. If you were harsh, if you were hard hearted, they would have abandoned you. But since mashallah you are soft and you are uh, uh, um, uh, you speak nicely and you have a uh, and you have a kind heart, therefore they are with you. So the message is conveyed to the rest of us that we also have to become soft and soft uh, and we have to become kind hearted, uh, but it is presented in such a beautiful manner. Um, there are many examples of this even when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
uh, is correcting a behavior of Rasulullah sallallahu that was less than what was 100% ideal or may not have been liked by Allah Ta'ala even that correction is done in such a gentle manner that it is uh, so beautiful to see the love Allah Ta'ala has for Rasulullah as is manifest in the style of his correction one example that just comes to mind right now is in the battle of Tabuk when Rasulullah was given the command by Allah Ta'ala that it is mandatory for all the believers that they must participate in this campaign in whether you are heavy or light meaning you're ready or you are uh, burdened down by a lot of obligations in all conditions you must come out and participate in this campaign against the Roman Empire the Jayshul Usra the campaign of great difficulty so this was a general command that everyone had to go but they were certain munafiqeen yaquluna inna bayutana awrahuma hi bi awrahin yuriduna illa firara that they wanted to uh, uh, they came up with excuses and they said that um, they are either sick or they have to take care of people at home or they have to protect their homes they came up with all kinds of different excuses and they took permission to stay back so rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was granting every single person uh, the permission to stay back whoever asked for it and gave any excuse and they were all uh, making false excuses there were only three sahaba who were left behind that were not genuinely sick and they did not make false excuses they were sahaba of rasulullah true believers but uh, uh, they ended up uh, getting left behind and uh, they acknowledged that it was their mistake that they got caught up in worldly things and they wanted to catch up later but time went by and they weren't able to join the campaign those were Ka'ab ibn Malik and Hilal ibn Umayyah and Murara ibn Rabi'ah so they have a long story how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with them and forgave them and tested them and Allah revealed that in the Quran in Surah At-Tawbah وَعَلَى ثَلَاثَةِ الَّذِينَ خُلِّفُوا in any case, Rasulullah was giving the, granting the permission to all of these hypocrites and these munafiqeen who were coming up with false excuses. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to correct Rasulullah. Another side note is the fact that there are corrections of the behavior of Rasulullah in the Quran is in itself a clear evidence and open dalil that the Quran is not something made up by Rasulullah but rather it is the divine revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because billah, as the enemies of Islam claim Rasulullah was writing the Quran on his own and coming up with these words as his own from his own side then if that was the case it would be counterintuitive and against logic for a leader who is trying to impress people with himself and wanting to uh, obtain their loyalty for him to publicly correct himself and to acknowledge mistakes and say this is wrong and this is what you need to do and make it part of the revelation why would you do that why would you do such a thing where you are coming up with a correction of your own behavior it does not make sense because uh, it potentially could turn people away from you that you made a mistake Whereas Rasulullah of course, of course, of course, uh, we have 100% convic- conviction in this fact 
that he was not writing the Quran on his own he was receiving the revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that is why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala corrected him and he revealed ayat in that regard Rasulullah did not hide those ayat or feel embarrassed or shy about it but rather he told the Sahaba openly this is the ayat revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so um, this is an evidence that the Quran is the word of Allah the Quran is the revealed word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is another lesson we learn so what is the ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he is correcting Rasulullah's behavior regarding giving permission to the munafiqeen at the battle of Tabuk without investigation Allah ta'ala starts off by saying he could have said oh, um, how dare you do that he would not say that but even as an example it, it becomes so hard for me to utter these words but potentially theoretically technically he could have said why did you do that why did you give them permission I am upset with you he would never say anything like that rather Allah Ta'ala begins the correction by saying Allah has already forgiven you oh my god he has forgiven me so that's good news that's great news Allah has forgiven but inherently when does forgiveness take place when there is a mistake in judgment when there is a mistake right then you forgive the mistake so you can learn just by the words that oh something displeasing might have happened that's why Allah had uh, the opportunity to forgive then Allah Ta'ala says Allahu anka. Allah has already forgiven you لِمَا أَذِنْتَ لَهُمْ حَتَّى يَتَبَيَّنَ لَكَ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا وَتَعْلَمَ الْكَاذِبِينَ Allah has already forgiven you that um, when the fact that you gave them permission uh, without investigation and why did you just give them permission until it became clear to you that who are the truthful ones in their claims and, and you would know who are the lying ones so this is another example of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, very gently corrected his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa over here Allah Ta'ala says It is the mercy of Allah Ta'ala That you have become soft for them And if you were harsh Tongued and hard hearted Then they would have abandoned you Now after uh, this lesson That we learned of how Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Praised Rasulullah And mentioned these qualities are inherently within him uh, Then at the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala added this word and this is how he began the ayat in fact فَبِمَا رَحْمَةٍ that this happened through the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this affirms that the presence of these attributes of perfection in Rasulullah it is through the divine mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that anyone who has any attribute of perfection has to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah alone that all of these attributes come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, no one has including Rasulullah has personal perfection in its own right this is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and um, and uh, the word rahma over here is nakira in an indefinite form this indicates that there is great and extensive mercy of Allah ta'ala upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and of course um, uh, the next lesson that we have is that whoever will be following the footsteps of Rasulullah and plans to do the effort of da'wah and invite people towards Islam and 
particularly uh, take a position of leadership then they also have to be soft and uh, humble and not be harsh tongued not be hard hearted uh, this will not never allow the person to be successful in his da'wah uh, if people would run away from Rasulullah because of his harsh language then why would they stick around anyone else right just like there was a uh, king and a, a ruler of the Muslim empire in the past uh, during the Banu Abbasiyah period uh, the Abbasid era Harun al-Rashid is well known famous king Harun al-Rashid his son Mamun al-Rashid uh, he was sitting on the throne he was the king at that time and and through his permission as the king of course nothing would happen in his court without his permission he is the one who gave the permission granted the audience uh, to a scholar to come and advise him but this scholar maybe it got to his head that he's sitting and advising the king uh, I'm not sure what overtook him but he ended up speaking very harshly in a harsh attitude uh, to Mamun al-Rashid uh, the Khalifa who is sitting on the throne so Mamun al-Rashid listened for a while Subhanallah. But look at even the king's condition at that time. The king uh, had so much knowledge of the Quran that after a while he paused and he uh, addressed that uh, that scholar and he reminded him. Subhanallah. This is amazing. He said that, uh, Oh my respected scholar, I admit that you are very righteous and you are very pious. And I also admit that I am very sinful and I am very negligent. Okay, I admit this. Uh, but I want to ask you a question. Are you more pious? Are you more righteous than the Prophet of Allah, the Kalimullah, Musa alayhi salam, the one who spoke directly with Allah, and Harun alayhi salam? Are you more pious than them? Right? And secondly, I want to ask you a question. Is that I am negligent of the orders of Allah. I am guilty. I am sinful. But I want to ask you, am I worse than Fir'aun? Am I a greater tyrant than Fir'aun who started killing through his order? He ordered the killing of all the newborn babies uh, as soon as they are born of the Banu Israel that they would be taken and killed. And he enslaved the Banu Israel nation and he inflicted tortures upon them. Am I a worse tyrant than him? So the scholar was taken aback by this question. He said, Billah, I'm, I'm not greater in rank than Musa and Harun salam. They are prophets of Allah. And you are by no means are worse than Fir'aun. How could that be? Fir'aun is the one who claimed to be God. And you are a true believing Muslim. You, you say, Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu wa Muhammad Rasulullah. So how can you be worse than Fir'aun? And how can I be ever better than Musa salam? Then Mahmoud Rashid said, Okay, fine this is uh, something you admit and agree to then I ask you that why are you speaking to me in such a harsh tone and such a uh, rough tone when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Musa alayhi salam in the Quran and Harun alayhi salam in the Quran who are greater than you in rank when they are going to speak to Fir'aun who is worse than me in his rank Allah is ordering Musa and Harun who are higher than you in, in, in their ranks when they go to speak to Fir'aun who is lower than me in my rank and Allah Ta'ala commands them and he says So O Musa and Harun when you go to address Fir'aun speak to him in a kindly soft manner 
لَعَلَّهُ يَتَذَكَّرُ أَوْ يَخْشَى Perchance he may take heed or he may fear. So this is what Allah Ta'ala is commanding Musa and Harun who are greater than you when they are instructed to speak to Firon who is worse than me that they should speak light, uh, softly. So where does that leave you? How should you speak to me? Subhanallah. So this is uh, the knowledge of the Quran that Mamun Rashid had. Uh, despite being a king and being busy uh, uh, being a king of the entire Khilafat so what is the lesson for us is that if we are going to be engaged in the effort of da'wah then we have to be patient when we are inviting people towards Allah Ta'ala they may uh, treat us mistreat us but we have to respond in a, with kindness because uh, this is the sunnah of the Anbiya this is the way of all the Prophet they were very gentle with all the people they did not retaliate ever for their own selves. They never took revenge from anyone. Rather, they forgave them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to Rasulullah uh, So, you need to forgive the companions. Meaning, forgive them, those sahaba who made the mistake. Forgive them because of their mistake. Uh, the victory turned into defeat and all, uh, 70 sahaba lied, uh, lost their lives. So you forgive them, still forgive them. And 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 ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. Not only if you forgive them, but then you have their well uh, best interests at heart. And their best interest is that that they should gain maghfirah in the hereafter and be granted into Jannah. So you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you make dua to Allah to forgive them. And this is also part of the etiquettes of da'wah that you forgive your companions, forgive the people you're addressing, and you ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. You repel the evil behavior with kindness. Uh, repel the evil behavior with kindness. Repel the evil with kindness. Then, inshallah, the one between you and him was enmity, he will become like your closest friend. Only those who are patient and only those who have a great share of reward in the hereafter, they will be able to acquire this reward. So, this is the command of Rasulullah, command to Rasulullah, forgive your companions and ask Allah Ta'ala to forgive them. And Afterwards, Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanallah, the final thing is amazing. Not only uh, forgive them, ask Allah to forgive them, etc. But on top of it, grant them so much honor and grant them uh, uh, this unity and, uh, and the sense of ownership and sense of involvement. That shawirhum fil amr, when you decide matters, consult with them. Give them that level of highest respect that you actually ask their opinions before you decide matters. This is despite the fact that Rasulullah is receiving divine revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he could say that I don't need to consult anyone, I will get the divine revelation from Allah. Yet Rasulullah is being commanded, Shawirhum fil Amr, take the mushwara and consultation and ask you the Sahaba anhum for their opinions. In Surah Shura as well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while describing the believer says, Wa amruhum shura bainahum that all the matters that they decide and they settle, it is through mutual consultation. And um, 
So this is a command to Rasulullah to consult with the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in. There are many ahadith of Rasulullah that speak about uh, consultation. Um, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhuma narrates from Rasulullah that if a person intends to do something and he goes to consult uh, with people and, uh, and wise advisors, then he comes up with a decision to do that thing or not to do it then uh, he will get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guidance towards that option which is more correct and beneficial so this is a promise from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. one is to seek the direction from Allah ta'ala himself directly and that is the istikhara when we used to have the Q&A nights uh, before Ramadan, we had one one night a detailed discussion, quite detailed, lengthy discussion on istikhara and how to perform it and what's the correct methodology. And uh, I refer you to that. You can listen it from the Q&A sessions, the one about istikhara. Uh, but at this point, I will not go into istikhara. One is to seek guidance from Allah and secondly is uh, to take guidance from those who are intelligent people and well-wishing people. Right? They should have two qualities. They should be habibun, labibun. Habib means that they love you, they have your well, they well, they wish well for you, they have your best interest at heart. Because if they don't, then they will misguide you. Naudhubillah. That is a, a grave uh, crime to commit, but they may be uh, able to do that, give you the wrong direction. So therefore, they should be Habib. But along with being Habib and loving, they have to be Labib. Labib means that they should be intelligent and have knowledge and wisdom regarding the matter that you are consulting with them. And um, Rasulullah mentioned Al-Mustasharu Mu'taman The one whose opinion is taken he, This is a trust that he has been given When he advises somebody and counsels them Then he should counsel them He must counsel them uh, With what he would do himself What he, a choice he would take himself That is the choice that he should advise others uh, He should be genuine about it He should be honest about it and he should not uh, be uh, misguiding people because this would be a, a, a breach of trust. So what is the purpose of taking mashwara? This creates unity in the hearts because everyone feels ownership and they feel that part of uh, the decision-making process, they feel that they have input uh, and their input is valued. So this would give them an incentive to be uh, more involved. So this is how Rasulullah he used to consult with the Sahaba as we can see in the seerah with regard to the battle of Badr in the battle of Uhud in the battle of Khandaq uh, he consulted the Sahaba in the different mashwara the Sahaba gave in Hudaybiyah and uh, in uh, Fatih Makkah on various occasions when the waqia ifq took place the allegation against Rasulullah's family uh, he consulted with the Sahaba what to do Salman Farsi anhu, he gave the mashwara to dig a trench in the battle of the trench which was unheard of in Arabia they never heard of that tactic for defense in war. So there was a lot of benefit that came from taking mashwara with the Sahaba So this is something that we need to inculcate in our families, in our societies, in our culture, that we should take mashwara, we should sit down and consult with one another, and there should be one Amir, and that Amir will make the decision. In the time of Rasulullah of course he himself was the Amir. That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ uh, uh, when you make the decision He didn't say When you all get together And decide on something Rather It's a singular tense When you O Prophet Make the decision 
right? Uh, at the end of the day, after taking all the opinions, the Amir has to make the decision. And everyone else must abide by the decision of the Amir wholeheartedly, whether their opinion was accepted or not. So Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِذَا عَزَمْتَ When you make the decision, فَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ Then place all your reliance on Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and have tawakkal on Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Do not rely on your plans. Right? You have to tie the camel and then trust in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. You have to adopt the means and then trust in Allah Ta'ala that He will put effect and barakah in those means. So making mashwara is a means that we adopt and we have been commanded to do so. But the ultimate trust that we have is not in our plans. That hey, we made great plans, it's going to be successful. Rather, we trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He grants His divine aid that makes the, our plans successful and allow us to reach our objectives and fulfill our needs. So these are some of the lessons we learn from this ayah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to be not only uh, muttaqeen, but rather as Allah Ta'ala teaches us to ask, imama, to make us leaders, movers and shakers, agents of positive change, bringers of, uh, uh, new, uh, of positive conditions in the ummah, wherever we are. And as leaders of the deen, may Allah Ta'ala imbibe within us those attributes which are required, namely the softness and wisdom and hikmah and basira. And uh, may Allah Ta'ala allow us to forgive our companions and to ask Allah to forgive them, not to bear any grudges in the heart, not to be harsh uh, hearted, not to be harsh tongue, but rather to forgive and forego. And on top of it, to unify the hearts through mutual consultation, as this is the quality of the believers. May Allah Ta'ala accept our du'as. Wa akhru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.